Welcome to My Beautiful Stories, our conversations about finding the magic in the mundane. If you enjoy My Beautiful Stories, please support us. We are currently unfunded and all your support is gratefully received. Welcome to episode 3 of season 4. How much was the iPhone? S H A W A R M A. That's how you spell it. Shawarma. Fat. He called me fat. For how long? Two years. I think it's forty-one ninety-nine, but I can't remember. Want some tea? That's a very large house. Very large, which is how I want to live. You mash the bananas until you have almost two cups. I added one spoon of ground almonds for texture, but you don't have to. Could replace the butter with coconut oil. And remember only baking powder, not baking soda. I probably should get it though. 59.99 and you get 5G. I mean, I wouldn't want to spend more than 60 quid a month. I mean, that's quite a lot, but... I didn't say too much to Jody, but I advise Jody to be careful, because you can get too much involved into errand stuff and... Would you even live there, even if you could afford it? No, I'm more of a country boy, really. I was kind of brought up in the country. Lots of lovely country pubs and things like that. Moved into London for work and that. So where have you guys been tonight? Ah, we've been just about everywhere. Slivers of conversation permeated the contemplation in my mind. It had been a long day. We'd started east, taking the DLR to the first of a series of events for the London Open House weekend. And the name Open House can be a bit misleading, considering that for most of the morning we were trying to get through marshes in the middle of London. We carried on through these marshes and traversed the city by foot, on the river bank, imagining life in a river boat, garden on the roof, Sun loungers folded neatly at the side, flower pots hanging from each window. We next stopped at a large gas holding structure, which had been turned into a hall of mirrors, catching the sun, or rather on that day the clouds. And so the day had stretched, exposing architectural innovation that we had not been aware of, pushing our feet further and further across London. But However varied the new experiences, they had not quite wiped away the blues of the morning. Do you mean the fact that our daughter dropped a hybrid of inflatable slash squishy unicorn into the marshes and we couldn't retrieve it anymore? And then she kept going on about it all day. Yeah, that. The most unusual yet slightly satisfying birthday gift she had ever received. It started off as a small slack bag of plastic, but as you inflated it, it became the curiosity it was meant to be, as, while the legs 
horn and tail maintained their minuscule dimensions, the belly grew immeasurably into a white balloon, making it the plumpest flying unicorn around. <laughs> she was squishy to touch, apparently, like a marshmallow, and... And not used to humans, apparently, because she was just happy to jump into the lake. <laughs> and this is where she remained. We were now on the way home, the girls' heads bobbing up and down in a corner of the carriage, too tired to speak. You checking our next train connection. I huddled in my big coat, listening in and out of people's train conversations, wondering how many white, plump, rubber unicorns were floating lost in the darkness of the early night over a riverbed somewhere. And I remembered this lost plump rubber unicorn as we were leaving an exhibition a few days ago. It's called The Way We Live In Now and it's a small project in the Barbican building in London by a group of women architects who posed the question who are our buildings and shared spaces designed for? Who is excluded from this design? And what effect does this have on the communities who live there? And I remember the reason why we never retrieved that unicorn. It's because it fell in a part of the river that was very high from the ground and we couldn't really bend over to pick it up, nor could we jump over the fenced area. It was just enclosed in the river once it got there. And it did cause our youngest a lot of grief that she has still not recovered from. And weirdly enough, we can't find that unicorn anywhere. We don't have no idea where it was brought from originally. And it occurred to me that however beautiful that part of London that we visited on that day, it was definitely not an environment that was easy to travel through with a group of different age children as we were on that day. And I know that this is a loose connection, but sometimes our memory plays tricks on us and connects in weird ways. But maybe this is a lead into today's discussion, which is, are cityscapes designed with one particular person or type of individual in mind, as this exhibition that we have just visited says, they argue that um, spaces are generally designed by men for their purposes. Because in this particular case, you could argue that um, this child of ours could have held her unicorn better. But the whole point of the unicorn was that he should be floating about. Um, and in this particular situation, she wasn't really able to play in that space in a free and careless fashion. Yes, I found the exhibition we saw very interesting and that exhibition was looking at places from the point of view of women rather than children in that case. But it made me, it forced me to rethink the way I think about architecture because beforehand I thought about it as very objective and functional. You could, as an architect, create... I thought you could create a space that works for everyone, knowing certain rules, uh, knowing the history of other places, and in principle it should work for everyone. 
you just need to know you know how many toilets how much space for that many people you need to have space for recreation shopping spaces etc but you do this without considering that beyond the functional parts of a space people experience a space in a different way i guess experience is one but if even the functions if it's a man of certain age designing the space then it's very hard to empathize with even the the function of the space that someone else with different characteristics might need mm. so in that exhibition there are films showing that women in a lot of those spaces weren't feeling safe for example uh, because of various factors the light in certain times of the day where the benches were etc and uh, some of the one of the films was from the 80s i think late 80s and a, a lady was raising a very interesting point it drew your attention as well that at that age most of the women in britain weren't driving so they were using a lot of public transport and they had to transit between the stops and other places the places of work or or home and those spaces of that transit be- or between public transport and their destinations and the public transport itself were not designed uh, and not considerate of them I liked that observation perhaps because that's how I experience spaces as well. I like walking and I found myself in her words she was saying that as a woman she would appreciate more sensorial experiences on the way. So for instance, a better use of color or a more imaginative use of color. So I guess this is not a new idea that we should be considering diversity in all aspects of our life and in anything that we design or create but i thought it was a very worthwhile exhibition because we need instances like this to be further sensitized to other people's experiences and i think the word all here is important um perhaps architecture is more obvious one and i've been ignorant there but there are so many other spaces now upon reflection you know designing of uh, sports stadiums because you think it might be more a man thing or designing worship areas because uh, you think it might be more tailored for one uh, race rather than the other or anything you know designing of a mobile phone layout you know all all those aspects uh, i think often ignore the potential input of some group that could be easily incorporated without without significantly significantly affecting the design for all the others all right But what of the unicorn? Well, for one, I feel much better now that we have told the unicorn story. And secondly, maybe one day when she feels less wounded by this experience, we can revisit the river and see what nature has done to the unicorn, how it has been incorporated. So although this concept of inclusion should touch on every single aspect of our lived experiences, let's stay with architecture on this occasion for the recommendation and let's talk a little bit about the Barbican Center. Because I definitely remember that when we first arrived in the UK and in London, this place, the Barbican, was definitely not one of those top 10 places to visit in the guidebooks. How should we describe it? 
It's a space built in inner city London in what's known in architecture as the brutalist style. And it was built to create a utopian ideal for inner city living. And we came to know it originally because there is a great art center. So we used to go there for concerts and theater and exhibitions. And gradually, as we visited the art center, we expanded our walks and exploration of the area because uh, it's a large area in the inner city. And it's we saw the garden and the orangerie and all sorts of other places around it. And as any utopia, I guess, it doesn't fully um, achieve, but it, it tries to have kind of everything in that uh, in that living space, schools, arts, uh, sports area, green areas, uh, have it, that piece of quiet inside the city. So if you ever visit London, uh, this is a very interesting uh, area or place to visit. If you don't, there are virtual tours you could do just out of interest, just to see how a place like that might look like. There are two particular things about the Barbican that maybe I like the most. One is the way it incorporates the old London city walls in its design. So you have this old wall and on top of it superimposed a very concrete building. And secondly, the Barbican Conservatory, which you also mentioned, which is this glass-roofed sanctuary of leaves and birds and tropical plants that just expand over the concrete. And it's yet again such a beautiful metaphor of nature taking over the city dwelling. Very, very beautiful. This is it from us this week. Thank you. And until next time. Until next time. For more My Beautiful Stories, go to stories.com. You can also find details there on My Beautiful Stories Coffee Club, where you can support us. <laughs>